This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored by That Witch Life. (laughs) So Saturday, March 5th is That Witch Life Minicon, which is a virtual conference with workshops on herbalism, deities, and suburban magic, along with a masterclass on DNA ancestry magic led by the Stephanie Rose Bird, author of 365 Days of Hoodoo. So register at thatswitchlife.com, T-H-A-T-W-I-T-C-H life.com, and check out the hilarious That Witch Life podcast. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about Black-ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, and reconnecting to indigenous ways of living in the 21st century. Did I say indigenous? I don't know what I just said there. (laughs) We are decolonizing our spiritual practices on our journey to freedom one episode at a time. And I'm your host, Juju, Juju Bay, and I come to this podcast as a hoodoo conjurer, as an aborisha, as a medium, as a Reiki practitioner, a reverend pastor, but most importantly, a bad bitch witch. And thank you so much for tuning in. Let's drop the intro, honey. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no safe. And I'll never keep play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. If you would like to keep up with the show, maybe see some other folks who may be listening to a little juju, you can always hashtag ALJPod on Twitter, on Instagram, see who else may be talking, find some community, answer some questions. Um, You can also invite me to do things with you, i.e. come to your school and speak. Um, You know, talk to your program coordinators, talk to the e-boards, talk to your black clubs. Bring me if you want to teach. I love talking to students. I'm talking to students, some high school students this week, and I get to teach them for five days during a retreat. And I'm very excited. Actually, it's middle and high schoolers. So I'm super excited about that. We're talking about ocean spirituality. So all the things hit me up. Um, Super excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking about the power of plants, a specific plant. We're going to talk about our amazing ancestor, Father Sims. He initiated Zora Neale Hurston into hoodoo, one of her initiations. And we're also going to talk about why it's important to read, honey. We're going to talk about why it's important to read. (laughs) Okay, so a few uh, church announcements. Well, personal announcements, I'm finally feeling better. Like I feel like last week or a couple weeks ago, I talked about being a little bit burdened by just a lot going on, but I'm finally feel like I'm out of that. I also just uh, 
I'm doing my next round of baths. So I did a cut and clear bath. For those who don't know, a cut and clear bath is a bath to help remove all of the just, just remove the ghetto, just get the mess off, helps you cut ties to bad habits, toxic people. It's good if you're like new out of a relationship or wanting to embark on a new relationship, but there may be some stuff from the past that you're holding on to. Cut and clears are great for that, kind of clearing the energy so you can start on a fresh slate. So I made myself a cut and clear bath and I purchased a sweet water bath from Tam. You all know her as Ia Oshundara. She was in an episode and she is the bath lady. So after I cut and cleared, I needed to then sweeten up on that clean slate. So I'm in the rounds of my sweetening bath now and I feel so, so good. Get y'all a sweet bath or get y'all a bath from Tam, period. Um, She's great. So I'm feeling good. I took my baths. I'm not dirty. I'm not stinky because I was thinking. That's just what it was. I was. I was thinking. I was musty. I was crusty and I was dusty. But we're back. (laughs) We're better than ever. Um. Also, still happy Black History Month. We're still in February. February feels... Normally, February goes by really short. Like, if Well, it's the shortest month, obviously, but this February feels very long. But that's fine because our ancestors endured a lot for a long time, and we have a long history. So, again, happy Black History Month. Um, happy Black Love Month. I hope you all had a good Valentine's Day if you celebrate that. I did a little celebrating, you know, I got a little boo or whatever. And it was cute. We, you know, I'm not a huge Valentine's person, but I like for it to be acknowledged because, you know, I love every reason to get presents and every reason to look cute. So I had a good Valentine's Day and um, yeah, everything was cool. Now, in regards to actual announcements around things that I want to see you all at, remember that Hoodoo 101 starts in March. Get your tickets. The first day it starts is March 7th. That is the first Monday. And I will be teaching every Monday in March. So it'll be me, you, and your notebooks at, I think I want to say 730 uh, for Hoodoo 101. Get your tickets now. Tickets are $99, but it is over five hours of teaching content, and you'll get the replay if you are not able to come. And if you are a patron, you will already know that you get a discount. So my patrons got a percentage off. So shout out to my pateys. Love y'all. So I hope to see y'all get into the, get see me get into my hoodoo bag. See y'all get into your hoodoo bag. If you've taken a hoodoo class of mine already, this is a more in-depth version. So it's not going to be the same information. I'm actually going to be talking about, um, you know, just a little workings here and there, a little herbal medicine here and there, a little ancestral examples of juju that we could potentially use. So that'll be great. Get y'all tickets, get y'all tickets. Um, Okay, so let's move forward. Oh, let me also say, March 3rd, I'm doing a live reading of the year on Patreon, speaking of my patrons. So regardless of whatever your tier level is, on March 3rd, I think it's at 7, I'm doing the reading of the year. Y'all was asking me, like, are you going to do a reading of the year? Where's the reading of the year? You do it every year. You used to do it for the podcast. Okay, last year I started doing reading of the year for Patreon. I am doing the same thing because y'all got the reading of the year from Dr. Craig. But if you want a little juju reading to add on to our Dr. Craig info. 
see, I'll see you on Patreon. So I will send out that link to my patrons very soon. If you missed the playback, if you missed the playback, it will be available for my jujus and for my juju bay tier level. So the reading, the live reading is for everyone. The playback will be for my jujus and my juju bays. So I will see y'all on Patreon. Shout out to my patrons. Cannot wait to get into this reading. Spoiler alert. It's a lot. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's a lot, but, but we going to be all right. Okay. So speaking of patrons, speaking of the people that love me and support me through donating, let's get right into our donations and then we will hop right into the show. All you need is a little juju. A Little Juju podcast is written, hosted, and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless because podcasting ain't free. It takes time, energy, resources, money so that I can pay people to help me. Finally, I have a little bit more resources to do that. And I'm able to do that because people donate. Um, It is a few ways to donate to the show. All of them are important. I will start with the monetary ways and then we'll get into the non-monetary ways to support this work. So the first monetary way that I'll mention is through Patreon, which is a site that allows you to contribute to the show monthly. So on the first of the month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, which will range from $1 to as many dollars as you want. I have some suggestions on my Patreon. And based on the level that you donate is the level of content or things that you'll receive from me via Patreon, which includes exclusive deals, videos. Sometimes I do readings. Sometimes I do workings for specific patrons. It just depends. Shout out to my newest Patreon subscribers. Shout out to Dominique. Thank you so much, Dominique, for messaging me and for becoming a patron. I'm so excited to be in community with you. Shout out to Tanisha Harper. Thank you so much, Tanisha, for becoming a patron. Shout out to Mo. Now, Mo, you know, when you look at Patreon, it shows like a dollar sign and how much they are subscribing to. But Mo has a little bit of a different sign. I don't know what country... But it's giving international coin. And thank you so much, Mo. I don't know the sign. It's not the dollar sign. But thank you to our international Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you. Shout out to Shaquilla. Thank you so much for being a patron. Shout out to the Oracle Kaya. Hey, Oracle Bull. Thank you so much for being a patron, Kaya. Shout out to Taylor Watson. Thank you, Taylor. And shout out to Danny Safi. Thank you so, so, so much, Danny. And thank you to all of my beautiful and wonderful patrons for pouring into this work, pouring into the podcast so that I can keep my lights on and pay the bills and also just continue to provide, you know, juju information. So I I thank you all and appreciate you all so, so much. I do not take the energy of money lightly. It is a money that I, it is an energy that I deeply respect. So thank you all for sharing it with me. And I pray that as you continue sharing it with me, that the energy of resources, abundance, good health, wealth is shared right back with you. I pray that you all have the resources to put towards your own workings, your own podcast, your own dreams, your own desires. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sharing the energy back with you. 10,000 fold. I appreciate you. 
And of course, big shout out to those of you who hit me up on the Cash App for a more non-committal way to donate to the show at dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E or on my PayPal at the Jujubay, T-H-E-J-U-J-U-B-A-E at gmail.com. Big shout outs to those of you who have donated in that way. I say a little prayer for you each time. So thank you. And if you are interested in the non-monetary ways to donate to the show, which are just as important, shout me out. Tag ALJ Pod, tag Jujubay on social media, put people onto the show, tell them what this podcast is and what it's about. Comment, subscribe so that I pop up when a new episode comes out so you already are hip and you know. Just let people know about the show. You can rate five stars on Apple or whatever platform that you are using and just help me spread the good juju gospel. I appreciate everyone who always tags and tells me they're listening and puts people onto the show. I deeply, deeply appreciate that as well. All that information will be in the show notes. So now let's get back into the show. All you need is a little juju. Okay, y'all. So the first thing that I want to discuss is this Facebook IG banning. So if you're not familiar, if you didn't see this, if you're not on social media, let me tell you what happened. So a few days ago, the week, you know, in February, a couple days ago, around Valentine's Day, there was a whole bunch of hubbub online and social media saying that Facebook, aka Meta, Meta like is who owns Facebook now and owns Instagram. I don't know if they own TikTok as well, but it's just one big weird social media conglomerate. Anyway, Meta, aka the socials, the main socials that we know. The girls were saying that Meta is about is banning content from TikTok and Facebook that has to do with astrology and tarot. So all the, not all, but a lot of the astro girls, a lot of the tarot girls, girls just meaning people, <laughs> um, were very, you know, upset and like, oh my gosh, how are we going to re- have our clientele here? This is bad. They can't do this to us. We have to get off these social media platforms because TikTok is going to ban all astrology content. Instagram won't allow us to post tarot readings anymore. It became a whole thing. It's YouTube's videos about this. I think this actually started from a creator on TikTok. I do not know the creator's name, um, but if you Google it, that creator will probably pop up. So when I heard this, I was like, I kind of didn't care, but then I told myself to care because I was like, well, I'm not really an astrologist. And I also don't really post cards. So I can't imagine this affecting me. But then I was like, you know what? Have some more empathy. (laughs) Because regardless, uh, what am I trying to say? An attack on spiritual systems, whether they are spiritual systems that I engage in or not, like astrology and tarot is an attack to all spiritual systems. You know, it's an attack to all religions and all beliefs. So just because I don't pull tarot cards doesn't mean that this couldn't potentially affect me. So then I was like, okay, I get it. And then I was like, but also I like receipts. I'm like, so just because this person said this on TikTok, how do we know that it is true? So that's why we read. I did my research. Child, come to find out, it's cap. (laughs) It's cap. It's cap. It's not true. 
Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, none of that. They're not banning, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not banning astrology content and they're not banning tarot. It, it's not happening. They were saying that it was in the terms and services, the new, I'm sorry, the new community guidelines, aka terms of services. It's not there. What is there? Let's talk about what's actually there. So this is an article from Forbes. So it says, in one of its first major moves since rebranding as Meta, again, the Facebook, Instagram, maybe TikToks under that, I don't know. The company plans to remove options to target people based on how people reference causes, organizations, or public figures. The changes will go into effect on January 19th, aka this person is talking about Instagram and Facebook are going to do these things based on the community guidelines. These community guidelines are saying certain things are going to happen in January 19th. So it's, that's a whole month ago. So it really already happened if that's what we're going with. But okay. It says it will be rolled out across all of Meta's platforms, including Facebook, IG, Messenger, and WhatsApp. Yes, and WhatsApp. As well as this network of other websites and app using Facebook's ad targeting tools. For example, advertisers will no longer see health-related categories for keywords such as World Diabetes Day and chemotherapy or religion-based keywords including Catholic Church and Jewish holidays. Um, So basically, people's interaction with content on our platform related to causes, public figures related to health, race, religious holidays, sexual orientation, etc. That is going to be that's taken away. What does this mean, Juju? You just read a whole bunch of stuff. Say it in English, regular, plain and simple. Okay, so basically what Meta is doing is taking away the ability for people who buy ads. They're not able to pick a certain and target a certain group of people to give their ads to. So for if I am a researcher, a medical researcher, and I want to find people through the Facebook targeting ads thing um, that may have heart disease or are or could possibly get heart disease, I can't focus on target people who may have heart disease or people who may fall under the categories of people who are prone to getting heart disease, which I don't know who that is. Let's say elderly people. I won't be able to target. So no elderly people are going to see this thing about being in a research study about heart disease because I can't target them. That actually was a very poor example because I don't think age actually is something they took away. So how about um, if I'm a researcher who is looking for LGBTQ patients because I'm studying some particular thing under LGBTQ I won't be able to target specific people from sexual orientation through Facebook. I can't put that as one of my qualifiers. So now all the LGBTQ people won't see when they're scrolling on Facebook. Hey, are you gay? Be a part of this study, right? And sometimes I think we do see those kinds of things. I'm like, does Instagram know I'm black? Like, how are they showing me thought clothes? (laughs) Like, how do they know what I like? But, you know, it's based on the things that I probably interact with and see. So there will be less of that interaction based on race, based on, uh, again, sexual orientation or religion. So does that, but rewind, none of that has to do with astrology or tarot. Now, do I think that this impacts a lot of different people? Sure. 
um, if people are buying ads for fixed candles, and I've seen fixed candle and juju ads, okay? If people are buying ads for juju candles and fixed candles or whatever else, they won't really be able to, to reach probably the maximum capacity of people because they're not sharing that kind of information widespread anymore because I can't promote to people who have a specific religious belief because religion was one of the uh, identities that they took out of advertising. So I don't know if that's like confusing. I hope it's not confusing. I think the main thing that spiritualists and really everybody who uses social media as their main way to communicate and connect with audiences and find and target audiences is that you're going to have to find another way. <laughs> there, you're going to have to be creative in how you are building up your, whether it's your clientele. Again, like if you are a researcher and you need a specific group of people, you have target audiences. If you need to connect with different populations, Facebook, the meta is really cutting down on that. So that's not to say that this will not impact workers, tarot readers, people who fixing candles, people who are selling astrology notebooks. It might, but it's affecting everybody. And I think that there's pros and cons with what Meta is doing. And I don't want this whole episode or even this portion to be about Meta. I think that even last year when my page was taken away and Instagram was going to delete my entire... <laughs> page because I had so many fake pages pretending to be me. They didn't take down the fake pages. They took down mine. I was on this podcast like, y'all, it's getting real messy on the socials. Figure out other platforms that you can use to connect with your people and build out your content because it is not safe on social media. And I think we still have to have that conversation and still think about that. Um, If you are a reader who gets most, most of your clients from Instagram, cool. Where are you guiding? Where are you leading them to after Instagram? Do you have a website? Not even just, you don't have to have a full website. They can be expensive, but some kind of place, even a link tree that you can have people go to your Calendly and book there instead of just in your DMs, right? Or you have a Patreon. So you have your own little kind of website. And that also you can put things behind paywalls so that you can get paid easier. So there's a lot of different options that we can use, but I think the the main thing that I want you all to take away is that we love social media. Social media is great. It's a great way to connect, but there has to be something that you're allowing your people to go to after that because we don't know what they're doing. And at any point, Meta can make choices that could impact our work. But all that to say, child, ain't no reason to be in no tizzy. Instagram ain't stopping tarot readers. They're not banning stuff. If anything... And then I'm going to get off of this. If anything, I feel like Instagram and Meta really would encourage more tarot readers and spiritualists. Because if you recall, I think I talked about this on the podcast. I definitely talked about this on my on Clubhouse. Cardi B has like this little spirituality crystal ball reading page. And I don't know if it's still active, but it was for something. I don't know if it was for Cardi B Tries, which is like her TV show. I don't remember. But people were like calling in. I'm sorry, they were DMing her and DMing her in air quotes. It was probably an automated system responding to people. And it would respond with a reading, a very generic short reading. It was like a fortune cookie. 
But that Cardi B having that page, it was in um, collaboration with Instagram. That was in the bio. So it was some type of experiment that Instagram was doing for whatever Cardi B was doing. But I'm sure that they realized that because they got a lot of numbers, because they had a lot of people probably DM them for a quote unquote reading, that they know the amount of the amount of money that psychics, tarot readers, astrology girls, all the spiritual people bring in to that platform by being on there. So if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if they created some type of separate space that goes under Meta that was for spiritualists to sign up. That was a way that they could gain fo- more followers and an easier way to read people. And while you're pulling a card, people can put it in the DMs, how much they're going to tip you, kind of similar to what they do now for creators. When you go on live, I don't know if y'all have seen this, you can tip people actively. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. So my point is, again, to my spiritualist whose main audience is on the under the meta or on social media, just think about what's next for you because it may not be sustainable. Um, Think about if you are someone who purchases ads, how you may get around this new situation. But just be open to being flexible when we when we deal with social media. But don't get your panties in a bunch. It's okay. People just be lying. This, the point is read. <laughs> the point is I've been listening to these people, child. Read. Read for yourself. Okay. I'm I'm off my soapbox. All you need is a little juju. Okay. Now that I'm done going off, child, on 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 matter and and reading, <laughs> let's get into the juju. Okay. So this is going to be our new segment entitled Herb of the Week. Do we like that name? Can we get more creative? If you can get more creative than Herb of the Week, hit me up on a gram. Tag me. It's Juju. All you need is a little Juju. But for right now, Herb of the Week, where I'm going to be talking about a different herb plant or root that is beneficial to us and how we can use it. I'm I'm really just going to tell you all some qualities about specific kind of plants. Uh, be sure to exercise caution when using herbs, plants, or roots mentioned because many can be toxic. I am just telling you about them. Consult with an herbalist. Consult with your spirits. Consult with a doctor. Consult with who you need to. But now that that's out of the way, um. I want to talk about mullen, and I think it's pronounced. You know what? I don't even look at how you pronounce mullen. That's how I say it. Maybe it's not even said like that. But M U L L E I N. Okay, it's mullen. Yes, per. <clears throat> so the, I want to talk about the plant mullen today. The herb mullen, also known as mullet, beggar's blanket, cowboy toilet paper, flannel leaf. Velvet plant and Adam's flannel. So you can hear with all these names that it, you know, blanket, toilet paper, flannel. It kind of has the leaves of it. You've probably seen mullen. Um, well, I've seen mullen. It's it's a weed, quote unquote, with a lot of amazing properties, but it's like soft and furry. It's like these pretty green leaves, but when you touch them, it kind of has like this white, sort of short-haired fur 
kind of just over it. And so that is that is what mullen is. You 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 may have seen this just around. It grows in meadowy areas, foresty areas where there's not a lot of people touching stuff, aka where what what they call weeds grow. That is what mullen is. And I also wanted to add, like I said, all the other names it goes by, especially from a hoodoo standpoint. Adam's flannel is referencing Adam, like Adam and Eve, one of the first people that was created according to Genesis, the book of Genesis, uh, the first man created. And um, so, you know, when Adam lost all his clothing because of the apple and the poison, I, I don't know, child, the curse, he, you know, Adam and Eve lost all their clothes. So they're saying that the plant mullen was sort of used as a flannel because Adam had to find some clothes because he had no clothes because he got cursed because the apple got ate. So he had to use, um, he could have used something like <clears throat> mullen because it's soft. It's like a clothing. So whatever. Just want to add that. So mullen for a medicinal standpoint, is really, really good for respiratory ailments, coughs, congestion. Um, there was something that I found while well, my my, uh, well, shit, giving producer vibes, shout out to Kobe found one cup of water to one to two teaspoons of dried mullein flowers, plus the leaves to steep for 10 to 15 minutes and sweeten with honey. So that would be a good, uh, recipe that was used for coughs. That was used for respiratory issues, infections, overall sicknesses. I can imagine this for a cold. I also think this is an important plant because we are in the midst of COVID child where we coughing. I'm the way I probably could have used some mullen and could still use some mullen because I'm, I'm dealing with long COVID. That's a good way to help heal our respiratory, provide relief for our respiratory system. Um, it also is good for pain relief. I saw that it helps with, it can help with cramping. Uh, it was something else that I saw. Let me find my little, I thought I had my notes up. Oh, the urinary system. So it can help with like burning in urine, urinating. So probably urinary tract infections. It can help with arthritis, gout. It can also enhance immunity because it is. it has antibacterial, antiviral activity that fights against influenza strains. And herpes. It's also an anti-inflammatory. It can help with digestion, soothing the gut, help heal peptic ulcers. It can help curb diarrhea, headache, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Is it Pepto-Bisbal? No, it's sounding like mullen to me. Okay, bonus point. Somebody, can we look up if Pepto-Bisbal has mullen in it? <laughs> the, um... Who knows? It really could. I actually thought I wrote down the scientific name, but I'm curious. Let's see. The name of the actual plant. Ver Verbascum. Verbascum. That is mullen. AKA Adam's flannel, honey. AKA the Beckett's blanket, child. So I Mullen is great. I don't think that I've ever worked. With mullen, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever, I've never consumed mullen and I've never worked with mullen from a spiritual aspect too. So yes, on top of all these wonderful things that mullen does, like it's giving Pepto-Bismol, 
It also helps with, um, for spiritual reasons, hoodoo reasons for raising spirits, creating packs with the dead, protection against demons. Mullen is very, very powerful. The, the flowers, very, very powerful. The roots, extremely powerful. Again, it is toxic though. So be mindful. I'm not telling you to go, don't be going and putting no mullen in your mouth. It's toxic. The leaves and the flowers, certain parts of that are the only things that can be used for digestion. But spiritually, yeah, I there's actually a quote from George Washington Carver that I really like that talks about mullen. And George Washington Carver says, I wish to say that mullen is one of the oldest of our medicinal plants and is noted remedy for all kinds of coughs, colds, rheumatic troubles, stopping of blood, asthmatic affections, and all manners of things that human ills are heir to. It is of unusual value along that line, one of the best known household remedies. The flowers are especially valuable in aggravated cases of an earache. In spiritual medicine, mullen tea is taken for prophetic dreams and astral travel. An incense of mullen assists with communicating with ancestors. So George Washington Carver said that, I mean, clearly, you know, we all know George Washington Carver, at least because we know that he um, originated um, peanut butter. Okay, so... We all probably know he he made peanut butter, but I didn't know that he was a a root worker. I mean, I guess I did. I guess I never really thought about it because you know that George Washington Carver was like a scientist and works with plants and roots. But I guess I I never thought about it as an adult. Like, oh, this man is doing things with plants and roots. Oh, and medicines. Oh, the way they just made him the peanut butter man, I hate to see it. But also this added part, I thought that that was super interesting about communicating with ancestors and prophetic dreams. Okay, Miss Dr. George. Okay, Dr. Carver. So yes, Mullen's very good in connecting with spirits, making packs with spirits, protection from evil spirits. People hang Mullen over their doors to keep out bad energy, you know, demons, things like that. So we love mullen. This was a really, really great plant, I think, to talk about for our first for our first segment for plants of the week, herb of the week. So shout out to again Kobe for for putting mullen on the spotlight. And uh I wanna know, do y'all use mullen? Have y'all ever used mullen? Made mullen tea? Is that something that you grew up with or that if you're an herbalist, how do you work with mullen? I'm super curious. So feel free to at me on Twitter, on the gram. Let me know your mullen stories if you have them, or if you've used mullen from a spiritual aspect, because I will say again, that's not a plant that I've used or that I tend to go to when I'm doing any work. I also haven't tried to raise no spirits from the dead, (laughs) not raise spirits, but uh, you could mix mullen, for example, in graveyard dirt. Right, if you were trying to really connect with, say, you go to your great grandfather's grave and get some dirt and put some mullen in there, you may be able to do some work. I'm just throwing things out. Don't, don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. <laughs> but let me know your mullen stories if you have them. And I hope y'all enjoyed this this segment. All you need is a little juju. So let me just say that 
uh, as a side note, before we start talking about Father Sims or Father Watson, that I have been talking with my editor, and I'm also talking to some other people. We have some surprises with the podcast. But about being brief in these episodes and wanting to have an average of like 50 to 60 minute episodes. And I had to smile on myself because as I'm looking at the time right now, listen, I'm not done. I could ruin this whole thing. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse. But what I'm saying is right now, I'm doing really well. I am on track to having this episode be no longer than an hour, preferably 50 minutes, because that is my new range. That is what I want to do. We will see. And also sometimes you just got to say what you got to say, and it has to be more than an hour. But on average, we want to keep it short and sweet and to the point, jam-packed with information and having a lot of fun. So I just got a little proud of myself, but let's see if I'm going to be not proud of myself (laughs) very soon. So let's talk about Father Watson. So I actually learned the name Father Sims first through the Hoodoo Tarot deck. And I don't know if you all have this deck. A few people in the past have asked me if I had it and how I felt about the deck. Um, I have it now. It was purchased for me. My little little friend bought it for me. And I really love it. I definitely recommend the Hoodoo Tarot deck. One, because... It's just a good deck. I love the art. But two, as somebody who loves reading about history, who loves stories, who loves all things hoodoo, it really is a good information guide more than anything. Even if you don't read tarot, it's just good to pick a card and you see the art and you go to the book and it has a whole story about an elder of ours or a hoodoo or a conjurer who was very popular or maybe not that popular. You'll definitely learn a lot. So Highly recommend the Hoodoo Tarot if you get it. <laughs> I don't know. Tell them, tell them Juju sent you. Uh, so shout out to to that deck and the creators of that deck and the artists of that deck. I wish I could remember the name. Let me actually find it because uh, I want to say, I want to say her name because I believe it is a woman. Uh, yes, by Tayana Lee McKiller. Yes, Tayana Lee McKiller. Shout out. Thank you for this deck, Miss Tayana. Okay. So anyway, uh, Father Sims kind of got back on my radar from this deck. I pulled a card and Father Sims was the Temperance card. If you are a tarot person, you know the Temperance card. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly who I want to talk about on this episode for our Black History Month to highlight an, an elder, a hoodoo elder. So Father Watson, Father Sims is the name in the in the tarot book, but Father Watson is the name that Zora Neale Hurston refers to him as in her book of um, Mules and Men. So in chapter four of Mules and Men, she talks about Father Watson, and he was also known as the Frizzly Rooster. And he was called the Frizzly Rooster because there was always a rooster that he had on his in his land that was used solely to see if anyone had tried to drop any type of workings there or put some bad juju there. So the you know the roosters like they they um they scratch they scratch the dirt and so that rooster was there to scratch the dirt on his land to make sure that nobody had tried to hide nothing in there that didn't need to be there. So okay. So I'm just gonna be reading parts of, of Mills and Men to talk about who he is and why we appreciate him. 
So uh, Father Watson was from New Orleans and he did a lot of his work and he had a congregation and he met in a hall and he spoke to his, I, I don't know if I would call them devotees, but congregants in this hall called Myrtle Wreath in New Orleans. Um, and so Zora Neale Hurston says the father in the Father Watson kind of attests itself to having Catholic leanings, but he was formerly Protestant. Having Catholic leanings is not unheard of. We are talking about New Orleans where the niggas be like, okay. Um, so he would, you know, talk to his people. They would pray together. They would sing a few songs, you know, kind of church vibes. Now he's always often described as wearing a satin garment that's purple and he would have a belt gold cord around him. So if he's an older man, you know, wearing purple, you know, purple is a color of regality, often a color of someone that is highly respected in the community. So if he's wearing this purple robe, he's clearly somebody that is, um, that is again, respected and that people are looking to for their issues, for enlightenment, for, um, prayer, etc. And so even though he was a preacher and, I guess, pastor, he was a conjure man. So he, he would often flex his powers during his services. He didn't also just do quote unquote good juju workings. He cursed niggas as well. So he, he would curse people. He wasn't a good and evil kind of guy. He was whatever job needs to get done and needs to get done. As a side note, and I talk about this a little bit in my Hoodoo 101 class, I talk about examples of you know, there were a lot of pastors who did workings, but it was in order to like heal and remove quote unquote bad, per- bad juju or bad workings from uh, congregants or for whoever came to be healed. But there were also pastors who, who did both. And there were also some that just did curse work and hex work. It kind of depended on who you are, how you viewed what it meant to be a conjurer um, or a worker, but there's a, so much more to that. It's so deep and it's so interesting that I'm I'm going to get into it in, in my class. But anyway, he did both, right? And I'm sorry, earlier when I said he kept the rooster, he would keep a, a little frizzled chicken in the yard to scratch up any hoodoo that was buried. It wasn't quite necessarily a rooster. Um, so he was also a reader. He could read people on site. He could look at you, tell you about your whole life. He could also read anyone who was not in his sight. Uh, He could read no matter how far away you were, what you were doing. He only needed to know your height and your color. And once he got your height and your color, he could read. Okay. Kind of similar to now with psychics and mediums. I know for myself, I don't need your height or your color, but I need your birthday. (laughs) I need your birthday and I can read mostly off of birthday and name and full name. But all he needed was height and color. So again, different level here. So he could he actually predicted the hour and the minute that he died that he could he was going to die because he would say that God would tell him. So he predicted his own death. And he knew how to he was the person in the community that people came when they had issues. And not just for prayer, but I have an issue of, there was a story about someone coming in and her lover, I think her husband was locked up and she was afraid that he was going to be indicted. 
he hadn't had trial yet and he was afraid that, you know, the white folks or whoever were going to lock him up and she wouldn't be able to see him again. So she came to Father Watson in order to not have to deal with that anymore. Um, to make sure that her boo was good. So Father Watson was was married to a woman named Mary. And there's a part in Mules and Men where the wife, Mary, is talking to Mama Zora. And it seems as if the reason that she's still only with Father Watson is because of some type of juju that was done. <laughs> there's some kind of working that is on his altar that keeps her with him. And she's, she said that pretty much that's the only thing keeping me with this man is that thing over there. And so Zoe Nolherson talks about him having this altar that had a whole bunch of different things on it and candles and other works. So when people would come in and they needed some type of love work, it would go, it would be set on the altar. So that was clearly his sort of portal. You know, we know that altars are portals. Altars are where we can do works. It's not just where we can go pray and cry and wail and leave offering, but sometimes we have working altars that maybe aren't for our ancestors, but it's where we do our work. It is where if I got a, if I have a love working, I got my love working over here on this side. I got a little curse working over here on the bottom. I got a little uh, money working going on in the middle. So it's clear that he had an altar that that's where all of his clients' works were laid. And as well as clearly his <laughs> connection to his wife was laid on that altar. We could go into a whole thing about that, but this ain't about it. So he also sold love powders to people. He sold powders that if people needed to get something negative off them, he would sell that to his clients. He would sell keys that were guaranteed to unlock every door and remove every obstacle in the way of success. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Where are the Carter girls that are selling like, Keys to unlock a new road to unlock fortune. I like that. Anyway, so Zora Neale Hurston became his pupil. So he had her doing nothing too deep, just random stuff around the house. I mean, like sweeping floors, just as you would do probably for an elder if you've ever been a part of a spiritual house, even if it's a church, just doing things around the church that are helpful. You're not necessarily leading Bible study, but... You got to wash the dishes after we ate on Sunday. So you're sort of a part of that. So she kind of became his little apprentice in a way, but kind of had her doing just very simple, basic jobs. So eventually she was initiated after she was done doing all the, you know, things around the house and cleaning and all of that. She was to be initiated. Oh, I also want to add that. Um, in this particular part of the book, I really like it because Zora Neale Hurston is giving us a lot of tea, a lot, a lot, a lot of hoodoo tea. When people are like, how do you do this? How do you do that? She literally says, talking about Father Watson's home, there was one jar in the kitchen filled with honey and sugar. All the sweet works were set in that jar. That is The names and the things desired were written on paper and thrust into the jar to stay. Already four or five hundred slips of paper had accumulated in the jar. There was another jar called the breakup jar. It held vinegar with some unsweetened coffee added. Paper were left in this one also. 
Okay, so she literally is telling us how we can be using sweetening jars if we want to sweeten things in our lives to bring sweetness to our situations that we can put sugar and honey in a jar and add our names to it or add our situations to it. That's how we do sweetening jars in hoodoo. I ain't telling y'all nothing that ain't already there. Okay. We can also do the opposite. Like they say with the, with the breakup jar, with the vinegar. Okay. So anyway, she's studying and she, I'm not going to get super into the divination, but basically she had to, her initiation took a total of five days, I believe. She says during that five days, she went without sexual intercourse. She had to remain indoors all the, she had, and she had to remain indoors the day before the initiation and she could not eat. So she had to fast. She was only able to wet her throat, but she was not able to swallow water. So the next day she went in and it was a initiation with her and like, six other people or a few other people and they went about and did an initiation. I'm not going to get into detail about that, but I really just wanted to talk about father Watson, particularly because one, we love a hoodoo man. (laughs) We do. But two, you will have people continuously say that hoodoo is not a real tradition or practice or religion or even an African diasporic religion because there is no initiatory aspect to it. It's just a bunch of old wives' tales. It's just a bunch of old things that old people be saying. It's just a whole bunch of rigmarole. When no, there's actual practices and initiation. Zora Neale Hurston was initiated from this hoodoo man in New Orleans. Had to... Do stuff for five days. Couldn't have no water on the last day. They did a whole bunch of candle ritual. And then she became initiated into those candle spirits. Probably some type of, you know, fire spirits that that now she could work with because she was initiated under an elder. So don't listen to nobody who says that hoodoo ain't did the know. People are being initiated in hoodoo. Now, don't ask me because I know y'all love to ask me and it's a valid question. Well, where can I be initiated into hoodoo? That's between you and your spirits. But it can happen. And a lot of hoodoo initiation particularly happens in families. And it may not look like going through some type of candle ritual as Mama Zora Neil Hurston did. But it could look like you're an elder in your life having you... First, you start off just sweeping. Then you're able to um, help cut up some type of food. Then you're able to actually um, put the food in and stir it for a little bit while the elder leaves. And then you're able to make the whole plate, right? The initiations look differently and it doesn't always have to be, ooh, I think we often experience initiation from people older than us and in a lot of different ways whether it's cooking or, you know, you initiating into some candle spirits, right? And it's all hoodoo, right? It's all acceptable. And so I really just wanted to uplift Father Watson because, and of course, Zora Neale Hurston, but but him specifically because it's it's not always about 
we we know the popular hoodoos that get talked about a lot, the old school hoodoos, uh, Gullah Jack and Dr. Buzzard. Have I talked about Dr. Buzzard on this show? Huh. I don't know. Dr. Buzzard, Marie Laveau, voodoo, a voodoo, a conjurer. And maybe not so much of the ones who just existed in the South somewhere, but were very, very important for the people that they were around and were necessary for the folks that they were around, that were necessary to bring justice to an unjust system, that were necessary to keep people safe, necessary to bring healing. They knew about the plants and the herbs and the roots and what they could use for it. I bet Father uh, Watson used some mullein honey. I bet you it was some mullein on that altar. <laughs> I bet you it was. So these are also ancestors that we can venerate, that we can reach out to, that we can honor. It don't always have to be the popping ones. We should honor the popping ones, yes. And there's so many other that may others that may not be getting their just due or may not be elevated to the ways that they need to. So if you feel particularly called to Father Watson, I don't really know how much information you're gonna find on them. I saw the information in the Hoodoo Tarot book and the Hoodoo Tarot book probably got the information from Zora Neale Hurston because she talked about it in Mules and Men, which you should have read <laughs> or which you should read or which you should get. But maybe you can reach out to him. Maybe you can talk to him if you want to be talked to. Who knows? You you just never know. So Figure out maybe who the who the father Watson was in your community, who the father Watson was from an elder of yours. Like, hey, was there ever anyone in the community that people went to to do like to do juju, to do conjure? Maybe that person could help you. Cause maybe there was somebody that the family used to go to. Maybe your family got a lady. <laughs> or 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 a conjure man. So anyway, big me, big shout out to, (laughs) big shout out to Father Watson and to all the hoodoos and the jujus and the voodoos everywhere. Feel empowered to learn about our hoodoo history. It is so deep. It is so complex. It is so infused into everything that we know and love and consider black, specifically black American. And I'm going to be talking about things like this and more in my Hoodoo 101 class. So please check out the link in my bio to get access to, I'm sorry, link in my bio, the show notes to get access to the class. Um, yeah. And I just, I hope you all enjoyed this and it's, and, it, and I hope that it has you thinking. I, I just, I hope that it has you thinking. <laughs> Well, look at that. I think we're great on time. (laughs) Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, make sure that you hit me up on social media at ITSJUJUBAE. You can also email me at jujubay.com. You can find, I mean, I have a contact sheet there, but just all the things that you may want to know. Um... I was going to tell y'all something, but I ain't going to I'm going to save it. 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 But yes, feel free to reach out to me. Bring me to your schools. Bring me to your classes. Um, get a Reiki session. They're not readings, but my Reiki, uh, chef's kiss. And that is all. Be well, my sweet babies. And remember, 
All you need is a little juju. Adios.